Okay, welcome back. It's episode three. I'm Red Redmond. And I'm Mike Milling. <laughs> <laughs> you sound well, not, not sure about that. Uh, well, is anyone really sure? That you're Mike Milling? Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not. Okay, so this week is Monster Week. Ooh! We're talking about monsters. But what do we mean by monsters, Mike? Well, there's a sort of large scope of different avenues with monster movies. Obviously, we could be talking about um, your big Godzillas or King Kongs. Oh, yeah. Um, or to your smaller monsters. Your f- <laughs> Are they only <laughs> ranked in size yeah. order? Is that or the only your, way? Yeah. Or to your smaller, more domestic monsters like Freddy, Jason. Um, a leprechaun. A leprechaun. Uh, yeah, yeah. What was the other one? Uh, Freddy, Jason, and uh... Michael, the shape. Yeah, yeah, yes. You can, yeah, you can call him a monster as well. Pennywise. There's tons of different kinds of monsters. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, or creature features, that kind of thing. New ones and the sort of uh, old classic monster movies. I suppose it sort of stretches from supernatural entities to real life actual people, uh, serial killers, etc. Yeah. Um, Mike, what are your favourite monster movies? Well, um, going back to old school monster horror, Universal movies. Um, I've been revisiting them recently. Um, The old Universal monster movies. And I believe that The Creature from the Black Lagoon Mm -hmm. is an utterly fantastic film. And I believe we're going to see a remake of that soon. Is that correct? Well, we don't know. There is... Bloomhouse have taken over the Universal Monsters sort of project. Right. They originally brought it, and The Mummy was the first one with Tom Cruise. Oh, really? That was Blumhouse? No, no, that wasn't Blumhouse. Right, okay, that was sorry. That was the first kind of reboot of the Universal Monster universe. Right. But it was a complete mess. Yeah, yeah, it was a big <laughs> yeah. failure, big flop. So they had this all lined up. They had uh, Russell Crowe as Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Um, ah. They had, I can't remember what the other people were lined up for it, but that was, it was going to be this huge universe. But then sort of, I think Tom Cruise might have fucked around and screwed up with it a bit because <laughs> he tried to just make it into Mission Impossible. <laughs> it's like, no, Tom, it's the mummy. <laughs> um, so I don't know. Uh, that went wrong, and I don't know about a reboot of Creature, but it could be done really well. Yeah. And Bloomhouse taking over, I think they're doing um, The Invisible Man first. Yeah, yeah. By, by the guy who did Upgrade for Bloomhouse, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is a great film. Uh, I would like to see it starring the star of that film. Logan Marshall Green. Yes, who's in The Invitation as well. Yeah, he's absolutely phenomenal. Love him as a performer. He's a and- Prometheus, he's... he's- a good egg. I think he'd be a really good Invisible Man because um, he's not a huge star, so he wouldn't be sort of... He wouldn't have to show his face and stuff that much. Yeah. If you know what I mean, a lot of... You get that thing with a big star where he kind of has to... But um, Well, I was listening to an interview with him recently and he has said on the record that he doesn't mind hiding his face and hiding his looks. For the role. Yeah, if, if the role requires it. Yeah, well, I think he'd be good and, and just the sort of... The ma- he could do the manic after watching Upgrade. I think he could really do the sort of manic um, descent into madness quite well as well. 
but the Invisible Man is like a fantastic monster movie. All those things, but the Creature from the Black Lagoon is special, and the uh, the 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 lady from it, I can't even remember her name, but she died recently. Um, and everyone in it is fantastic. It's just um, yeah, great movie. But then it has similarities to a real. Um, there's so much that came from Creature, like Predator, yeah. Aliens, even yeah. um, that kind. Of, it was the birth of that kind of sort of creature movie and monster movie. But um, there was a recent monster film called The Monster that yes. we watched. Yeah, 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 with Zoe Kazan. Yes, um, which I was think, fantastic. I think she might have produced it. So I'm sure. She, I'm sure she had something to do with it more than just acting in it. Um, I thought that was a fantastic movie. It was a great use of practical effects. Um, it was a really cool, solid, little contained monster movie. I believe it's available on Netflix as yes. well at the moment. Yes, it's on Netflix. It's got quite a little emotional subplot, and it's quite just it's just really good. It's just really like if you like monster movies, then it kind of delivers. It's a good indie. It's a good monster movie. Yeah, the monster design is some of the best I've seen in years. Yes, thoroughly yeah. recommended. Yeah, and it reminded me slightly of a great monster film. I don't know if you've ever seen a Clive Barker monster movie called Rawhead Rex, which is uh, based on a book, and uh, and then they made a graphic novel of it, which was really gory, but. Um, the film is great. It's, it's it's in a way it's a bit like an Irish predator, as the way my brother describes <laughs> it, because he loves it. <laughs> um, but he, yeah, it's 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 a really cool film, and I recommend checking it out. I think Clive Barker actually hates it, but it, it is a good, funny B movie, and there's really cool practical effects in it. I'm a Clive Barker fan. I really like Nightbreed. I love Hellraiser. Uh, We've spoken about this a yes. lot. Pinhead Night- makes an appearance on every. He podcast always does. It appears. Yeah, Nightbreed is fantastic. Our monster pitch is going to be coming up later in the show. But first, uh, what have we been watching this week? Uh, What have you been watching, Mike? Last night, we watched Destroyer. We did watch Destroyer. With uh, Nicole Kidman. Yeah, I mean, she wasn't here. She was in the film. (laughs) No, we invited her around, but she didn't get back to us. (laughs) Um, Yeah, in a sort of transformative role. Yeah, yeah. In a way. But she's done a few films like that where she's sort of transformed like that movie the hours or whatever where she had a fake nose and mm-hmm. you know she she's a great actress she could wear fake noses a real nose she's very versatile <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but yes yeah, she was different in this film yes a return to form for nicole kidman i believe yes. and she was physically sort of gaunt and ragged you had a bit of a problem with her face <laughs> i basically as a drag queen right. uh, which is an odious sentence uh, but as a drag queen, I thought it was very clear all her effects had been done just with makeup and that it wasn't just her face looking sad and weary, that it had been contoured and highlighted in certain areas to look tired and weary. So to me, it took me out of it a little bit. Right. Because I wasn't sure whether we'd always only ever seen Nicole Kidman in makeup and maybe that was what she really looked like. No, it's like... Makeup contours look different to shadows. And so, like, there are parts where it is meant to be a natural shadow, but it has clearly been created with makeup. Um, and I think anyone who uses makeup, like, professionally would be, can see that in the, in the film. Right. I thought, like, if someone who has seen the movie who also uses makeup disagrees, that they might be right. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
So yeah, it just looked a bit weird to me. But I might be wrong. But I- I'm pretty sure it looked weird. So you're <laughs> saying they probably didn't have a drag queen consultant on this film? <laughs> well, no, it's not. It's not like it's. I mean, I wouldn't consider that to be like drag makeup. It's no, no, very no, different. No. Yeah. Um, I don't know well, why we've gone on this tangent about drag. There's no drag queens in the film. Basically, it's re- <laughs> yeah. Basically, it's a, a sort of. Um, Dark, gritty revenge movie yep. um, about a police officer that had previously gone undercover, things gone wrong, and it's sort of later on in her life coming back to that. Um, yeah. I thought the villain did not look villainous in any way whatsoever. <laughs> no, it was Toby Cabell. Toby who is a Cabell, great actor. Who's a great actor, who's in Dead Man's Shoes and um, loads of other stuff. Rock and roller, things like that, but he, he's he's underused in yeah. uh, in, in that film, I think, and because I'm miscast, yeah, um, he's got a weird sort of Russell Brand sort of long hair wig. Well, I think he could have played the other character in it. I think he could have played the other policeman that is her partner. I think he would be yes, more yes, 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 suited to that role yes. than the villain. And that role was played by the Winter Soldier. Yes, correct. Yeah, whatever his name is. Bucky, I believe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. That guy. The Winter Soldier, let's call him that. Um, so I, I thought it was okay. There was a lot to like in it, and I liked the sort of the way the ending, it sort of messed with your head a bit, and I liked it. One thing that's worth mentioning is that this is a movie by Karen Kasuma, who did The Invitation, which was one of my favourite movies from last year. That's a brilliant little indie film. Really solid, tight little horror film. Um, and I was really looking forward to this because I was a big fan of The Invitation. I felt a little bit disappointed by this movie, but I still thought it was a solid effort by Karen, and I'm looking forward to seeing what else she has to make in the future. I was going to say, because the scope was a bit, like, cinematically bigger, um, maybe a bit too much reliant on slow-mo and things, I don't know, but um, it was... It could show that really good, like, as you say, it it made me want to see what else, what other films would, you know, she could do. Um, But it was, it was, it was good. There was a nice uh, use of tactical vomiting, which I I really enjoyed. (laughs) And you can't forget a nice little bit of tactical wanking as well. Oh yeah, she. That's a good point. I mean, the, the, these aren't really big spoilers, but like, she does have a an interesting sort of interrogation uh, <laughs> method. <Slash-wank. laughs> yeah, method as a police officer. Um, it's it's a method probably quite popular with criminals, <laughs> I would imagine. Um, and it's yeah, it's a it's a similar sort of plot line that you see in some. Uh, Pornhub movies, <laughs> you know, uh, oh, and the policeman and the criminal uh, get along a bit too much. It's interesting, um, and there's some good things in it. There's a lot to like, but there's a lot to be a bit meh about as well. Uh, yeah, so we watched Destroyer. We also watched uh, What Keeps You Alive, which was on Netflix, which we loved. Yes, that was an interesting little film. Came out of nowhere. Yeah. Nice little horror film. Again, I thought very similar to The Invitation. Yes, in that sort of isolated environment in the woods, cabin, cabin in yeah. the woods, yeah. classic. Yeah. Uh, but this time with two lesbians, uh, which I'm all for <laughs> queer representation. I'm all about it. Sound the queer representation uh, fanfare. Put a sound effect in there. <laughs> it, it's done. It's yeah. done. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it was lovely to see like a nice little bit of representation, which Netflix are always brilliant at. 
Um, but more importantly than that, it was just a really, really good, solid film. Yeah, it was quite a, sol- a solid little movie. Didn't really, uh, apart from obviously the, the the representation, it was slightly traditional in some elements. But yep. then it was a bit like, oh, well, it was interesting um, and well acted. I thought. What I always think is interesting about these movies is when I watch them, you realise it isn't just the representation which is important. You realise people that have different lifestyles respond differently to situations. They have different relationships with people. Um, And those nuances of character are interesting to see because we haven't seen them before. So like when you don't see them regularly, they're a nice surprise. They're refreshing to see. Um, so to see this girl with her, her relationship with her lover, you know, very, very interesting. I, I'm trying desperately not to give away spoilers, um, but just really interesting and refreshing. Yeah, it was. It was good. I would recommend it. And also, funnily enough, uh, this week, I also watched another movie, uh, a classic of lesbian cinema, uh, the movie Bound. Bound. I haven't seen it for a long time, but I have seen it. Um, yeah, it was by the uh, Matrix people. The, the Wachowskis. The, yes, the Wachowskis, who are... Well, I don't, yeah. <laughs> I'm a bit confused. Formerly the Wachowski brothers, currently the Wachowski sisters. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and I think it was just before they did the Matrix, maybe, or just kind of got them noticed, and then... Uh, yeah. I mean, there are techniques in it that are directly used in The Matrix. There's like one shot in Bound where someone's on the phone and the camera goes down the telephone cord through the wall and up the other telephone cord, you know, towards the other person speaking on the other end. And I'm pretty sure that happens in Matrix. So, so there's like a lot of elements. You, visually, there are a lot of elements that are borrowed in The Matrix. You, you can tell. Yeah. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but I remember it being a really kind of cool modern noir sort of um crime thriller yeah yeah i mean it's a really strong screenplay and the wachowskis sort of like elevate that with uh some actually really inventive cinematography um you know a movie like this could play it safe and just be presented exactly as is but they really go above and beyond in the way they use the camera and use the settings yeah, because I seem to remember it being very much about like the flats and the way they share these different flats, and um... it's very location specific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and what's also nice again about the use of lesbian characters in this is, I think, a lot of other directors would have used a man in the place of the main protagonist. Yes, um, I think a lot of studios would present it that way just because it's easier, simpler. Um, and it was nice to have this extra female element. I think it it adds something different to it. But two interesting choice of actresses as well, Gina Gerson and um, Jennifer Tilly. Uh, yeah, the, this, they were sort of two B-movie actresses at the time, really. Um, well, I guess this is a sort of, I don't know, it's slocky in a way, or it's 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 it's, you know... But like they pull off incredible performances. Yeah, yeah. I've always liked Jennifer Tilly. Um, yeah, she's incredible. And who, her sister Megan, but Jennifer Tilly was always really funny in films and could really good comedy performances. Well, she's gone on to do, like, she's the voice of Joe's wife in Family Guy. Yes. 
Um, and she's in those uh, Chucky movies. <laughs> and she was a guest judge on RuPaul's Drag Race. So oh, she's really excellent. smashing it. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> she's in a weird, uh, weird indie film with Gary Boosie's son, Jake Boosie, called Fast Sofa, which I recommend checking out. Is it about a fast sofa? No. I mean, that'd be a good film. Much I mean, like the film Rubber about the killer tire. Yeah, seen yeah. That? yeah, that's great. Uh, again, a monster movie um, <laughs> about a killer tire. But uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, another monster movie to mention about killer tire. Not just the killer tire. Have you ever seen uh, I Bought a Vampire Motorcycle? <laughs> no. It's a B-movie horror film uh, starring Neil Morrissey from Men Behaving Badly. It's Amazing. A film, and he gets this vampire motorcycle. And <laughs> uh, it's all uh, just uh, a big old romp <laughs> about this motorcycle which, like, kills people and eats people and shit. Men Behaving Vladly. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> like Vlad the Impaler. Yes, yes, yes. I got it. I got it. <laughs> now, uh... It's worth mentioning there, because we spoke about what keeps you alive and bound. Next week, we're planning on doing erotic thrillers. We are, which is going to be an interesting one. Now, I'd like to say, uh, so it's on the record, this is Mike's choice. Mike has chosen erotic thrillers. I chose monster movies. He's chosen erotic thrillers. Yeah, so? Um, I mean... I don't even know what my idea is going to be yet. Oh, I've got mine, baby. <laughs> we'll see. Still working on it. Feel like Jackie Collins. <laughs> um, we'll see. We'll see how it turns out. Cool. Well, we've got erotic thrillers to look forward to next week. Uh, but next up are our monster movie pitches. Okay, so uh, my pitch first. Uh, we're doing monster movies this week. Uh I think both of our ideas are quite loose. Yeah, this may be more of a workshop, I don't know, yeah. than, than a pitch. Um, <laughs> but hey, that's what we're here for, to work stuff out. We'll give each other ideas. It'd be great. Yeah, totally. Uh, well, my pitch is very simple. My pitch is two words. Scottish Godzilla. <laughs> what? Like? The Loch Ness Monster. The Loch Ness Monster. Right. Uh, but more godzilla Okay, yeah. So most Godzilla stories normally have, like, an environmental yeah. message to them. Nuclear. Yeah, so, like, mm. anti-nuclear bombs, anti-nuclear waste. Mm. Mm. Um, one thing that is happening quite a lot in Scotland at the moment, particularly in the Highlands, is uh, they have a lot of um, issues with fracking. Right. A lot of local protests, mm. a lot of uh, unwanted fracking in the highlands, uh, causing presumed environmental effects. So in my movie, uh, they've been fracking in the Scot- Scottish highlands um, near Loch Ness, right? Uh, I don't know, maybe, because I want this to be quite comedic as well, there could possibly be a local Buckfast factory that has begun to leak into the lock itself as well. I like it. Yeah, yeah. And this has caused the emergence of Scottish Godzilla, who is basically the Loch Ness Monster. It, it is a monster that emerges from Loch Ness. It's just the size of Godzilla. Um, and it then wreaks havoc upon Edinburgh. <laughs> so, so is it supposed to be 
a mutant Loch Ness monster. Like, it's yeah. Nessie. It is Nessie, but Nessie has been sort of, you know, he, he's just been living in Loch Ness, minding his own business. Everyone, you know, notices him occasionally. But then he gets mutated into a sort of Godzilla kind of monster. Or Maybe there's some sort of, like, preserved fossil beneath Loch Ness, and these chemicals have seeped into the crustacean, and it is sort of, like reborn Scottish Godzilla like it was once a creature during so what the dinosaur about, period what about Nessie is well that would I suppose is that would be one and the same thing or would Nessie sort of come into the story possibly later oh yeah <laughs> you know what I mean maybe maybe would it be Loch Ness would it be Nessie saves the day <laughs> uh, like, and he's I'm a bit real small yeah he's smaller <laughs> but Nessie teams up with like a plucky bunch of Scottish <laughs> from like a pub or from the guys from the brewery, the Buckfast or brewery or, you know, like a ragtag bunch. And they work with Nessie who then defeat the mutant, whatever it is, Godzilla, yeah. Scottish Godzilla. But uh, that's just an idea. I like all of these ideas. The only thing that I'm dead set on is I feel like the main character should be a leading scientist played by Robert Carlyle. Yes, <laughs> because I was going to say, yeah. with it being Edinburgh, there could be a sort of train spotting twist and they get like addicted to yeah, 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 drugs yeah. or, you know. Uh, <laughs> maybe, that's a subplot. Uh, <laughs> um, you don't want like a, a, yeah, a, a dead Godzilla baby crawling on the, on the ceiling. Um, anyway, sorry. I think I do, yeah, actually. Yeah, actually. I'm just th- these are options. You know what I'm like with dead babies in movies? I know, you love them. You love them. <laughs> One thing that I thought would be negotiable with this movie, you know, I'm open to your suggestions on this, is... I think it could actually work in multiple time periods. I feel like you could do the modern Scottish Godzilla movie with the Buckfast factory and the fracking, but you could also do like a medieval Scottish Godzilla. So it's sort of like more, has more of a brave heart sort of edge to it. So it's sort of like, you know, attacks a castle. It's sort of like from a nearby lock and it's sort of like the monster from the lock, and it attacks a castle. Would this be in the same film or two different films? No, like, yeah, this would, This is two different ideas. Like, you yeah. could have the modern version yeah. or the medieval version. You know, one much more like big monster movies that we have these days, like Godzilla and uh, Pacific Rim, or the medieval one, which is more in line with sort of like mm. your Game of Thrones fantasy. Or you could mix the two and have a two and a half hour epic where it kind of switches back and forth between two timelines. Yeah. And there's comparisons, there's like Robert Carlyle's ancestors or something at at, at that timeline and then it zips to, I don't know. (laughs) Because it may have remained dormant since the first attack back in medieval times. So in your film, you show the first attack and the most recent attack. (laughs) (laughs) Or or, as you say, there could be two different ideas for the same film. I don't know. Because that way we'll be showing the full legacy of Scottish Godzilla. That could be its name. Well, no, that couldn't really be the title. Scott Zilla. But, uh, did you have an idea for a title? I or? mean, like, I was playing with Scott Zilla, but, like, it's one, of those, Zilla, yeah. it's one of those ideas where I think the unpolished name <laughs> is funny. Yeah. Just Scottish Godzilla. Yeah. The run seal of modern monster movies. Yes, <laughs> indeed. Um, I like it, yeah. Anyone else in it? Robert Carlyle. Who would direct it? 
Danny Boyle? Yeah. Yes. I mean, the it's obvious a choice, isn't it? Uh, definitely, definitely. I think it's, you know, it has to have strong ties with uh, Scottish heritage and culture. So, you know, like ridiculous cameos from mm. Scottish um, celebrities. Like Nicola Sturgeon needs to be in this. Right. You know. Billy um, Connolly while he's still... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Little things like maybe Robbie Coltrane as a bus driver. Yeah, yeah, Still game. I mean, to be fair, Bill Forsyth could direct it, but that would be quite a departure seeing as he did films like Gregory's Girl and uh, Local Hero. Yeah. But I, I don't know if you've seen any of those films. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Danny Boyle seems the obvious one. Uh, one thing that I thought could happen in the movie uh, would be you could introduce the idea that Scotland is asking for reinforcements from the rest of the United Kingdom and the British government is reluctant to send its army to help them against Scottish Godzilla. Right, um, Scottzilla. Yeah, or Scottzilla, as he is I also like colloquially known. Yeah. Um, and then, in the end, what happens is the Scottish people find a way of manipulating and brainwashing or controlling Godzilla, and they end up sending it down to London, where it demolishes the Houses of Parliament. Right. I quite like that as an idea. I'm not even Scottish, and (laughs) I'm already patriotically behind this idea. (laughs) We're both ginger, though, so we're close there. We're halfway there. We get sunburnt in October. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I got sunburns at Christmas once. Sorry. How? <laughs> Don't ask. It was. It was. Um, yeah. So. Okay. So we've got, as it stands, it yeah. is a sort of epic Scottish different timelines uh, <laughs> monster movie. Yeah. About a sort of dormant, ancient, huge Godzilla-like monster or yeah. Godzillary, fueled by Buckfast. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, yeah, no, fair enough. And I'm, are we sticking with the Nessie saving the day with a plucky gang of... Well, I suppose there's two options, isn't there? Because like, we can do that, which I do quite humans. like. I hadn't considered that, that the, the real Loch Ness Monster emerges from the Loch. Sort yes. of like, like the real Slim Shady. But in Yes, could be voiced by Eminem. <laughs> um, but... Is that in the old timeline or the new timeline? It's a good question. Is it in? Does that happen in the medieval, or does that happen later on, or does it not happen at all? I'm not <laughs> sure. I mean, I think that idea is difficult to feed into the two uh, timelines idea. I feel like that idea isn't compatible with the two timelines idea, yeah. but it is a good idea. <laughs> yeah. However, my idea of the in the end, you know, brainwashing it and sending it down to London to <laughs> fuck up the Houses of Parliament. I think right. that could work with the two timelines idea. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the first time they defeat it and it lays dormant beneath the lock for presumably hundreds of years. And then the second time they manage to brainwash it uh, and turn it into their own... You know, they weaponize Godzilla against right. the British government. Right. Which right. I'm fully on board with. <laughs> right, right. Well, yeah, I mean, you could almost have Nessie as a just subplot character within all that. 
and he like hides out with a plucky gang of um, humans in a pub just to you know get away from the the because you know everybody's going to be looking at Loch Ness. And, yeah. Well, one thing I... he wants out of the way when there's a big Godzilla there, <laughs> <laughs> or she, whatever they. One thing I really like with the 90s Godzilla movie... Oh, is... what is there to like about the 90s Matthew Broderick Godzilla movie? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, Mike. I like the, the miniature Godzillas, right? Uh. Because they give the humans someone that they can adequately fight against. Like a single human cannot fight against Godzilla. It's very difficult to see the effect of a single human against an entity the size of Godzilla. But if they have miniature enemies, miniature Godzillas... We can shoot them in the face with shotguns, and that's cool. Yeah, fair point. But, I mean, those mini-Godzillas were only ever in it because of the sort of raptor boom of the 90s after um, Jurassic Park. And, you know, those little Godzilla bastards running around pretending to be raptors. (laughs) I mean... That's true. Because raptors were the cool dinosaur back then. But these would be like miniature Scottish Godzillas, right? And you'd have, like, there'd be a scene where, I don't know, Nicola Sturgeon this has hand-to-hand combat with, like, a Scottish Godzilla. Don't you want to see that? Yes. You know, maybe yes. it eats Alexander Salmon. Good. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So maybe Nicola Sturgeon, like, grows massive and has to... Or are you going to have someone, <laughs> like, you know, because it's usually, like, a big... With Godzilla movies, any of the good old ones, it was always a big fight. Guy in a rubber suit versus another guy in a rubber suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I did think about them having some sort of, like, big mecha Gundam wing mm. sort of robot. But obviously also Scottish. (laughs) So it would be some sort of giant Scottish megazord. That's a good title as well. <laughs> nice. I like it. <laughs> so you're settled on the two timelines idea? Yeah, I think it's strong. I think it really adds something to it. So you're just forgetting about Nessie? Yeah, I think I think it's a lovely idea, but I'm all about keeping things simple. But you can... Me- <laughs> yeah, really, within the two timelines. <laughs> yeah. But you could mention Nessie, and Nessie came about, the legend of Nessie came about because it was actually the legend of this thing. Exactly, that was yeah. from yeah, and then now it's so everybody thinks it's Nessie at first, but then that's what Nessie actually always was. Yeah, you I know think, what I mean. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's implicit that this is Nessie, that this is where the legend of Nessie has come from. But it's not the Nessie that we that we we think. It's a big badass, huge Godzilla. Yeah, bastard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that fucks up Theresa May. Nice. Does it breathe fire? Ooh. Oh, that's a good uh, question. Yeah, fire sound. And then like, uh, we'll put some fire sound effects there before, (laughs) but before it like breathes fire, like uh, Robert Carlyle can do a quip like, "Oh no, it's Burns Nate." (laughs) In fact, that's the name. Yes, it it can be called Burns Night. Burns Night because it breathes fire. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Another motion picture solved. Yeah. <laughs> <Or> Burnzilla. <laughs> Robert Burns. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, he could arise sort of like on Burns Night. Like yes. Sort of. Yes. It's all fitting into place. <laughs> Robert Carlyle celebrating with his family and friends. And then he's like, no. 
Or maybe Hogmanay would be a more suiting, more so, suitable setting. You know, like yes, New Year's yes, Eve. Yes, yes, quite possibly. Getting like dead angry at all the fireworks. I like the idea of Robert Carlyle playing two roles in the two different timelines. Ooh, playing his yeah. and him and then his ancestor in the early, like a monk or something. <laughs> or yeah. like, you know, um, uh, or, or like if it's medieval then, or like a sort of... A warrior or somebody. I, I like a, a warrior monk idea. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, whatever. Maybe a shaman. Mm. <laughs> yeah, shaman. So yeah, Scottish Godzilla coming soon. Okay, we're back for our second pitch. Uh, Mike, pitch me. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I used to have um, this cool, I think it was like a penguin book of monsters or something. It was a really cool little book of monsters. Um, I was messaging my brother about it earlier, actually, um, because I wanted to find out what this monster was called that I had in my head. I was thinking about this particular mythical creature. Um, and I believe my brother's just ordered the book on ebay again but um, uh, the so basically there's this creature called the squonk oh. now i always remembered this te- uh, i always remember this creature because it had a really sort of sad backstory and story um so i will need to workshop this because there's several sort of although it's a monster movie there's several sort of genres slash subgenres that it could you know, those path, paths that it could go down. Um, so anyway, I mean, I'll tell you a bit about the, the, the monster in question. The Squonk is a mythical creature reputed to live in the hemlock forests of northern Pennsylvania in the United States. Right. Legends of Squonks probably originated in the late 19th century, the height of the Pennsylvania importance in the potential timber industry. This is off Wikipedia. <laughs> I, I, I thought you were saying the Tim Burton industry. No, no, no. God, no. no. <laughs> I don't want him anywhere near this film. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's just like a conveyor belt of Tim yeah. Burton's in no, Pennsylvania. T- timber industry. I don't know if that's really important, but actually, that I mean, these, these little... Um, Things are important, actually, for later on in the movie, maybe. You never know. We mm. could, yeah. um, so, basically, it's this creature that is grotesque. Um, the cre- it's the legend of this creature that skin is ill-fitting, and it's covered with warts right. and, like, blemishes. Yeah. And because of this, it's completely ashamed of its appearance. And it hides from plain sight yeah, and yeah. spends much of its time crying and weeping. Um, and often, I remember ah. there was a in the little book I had, there was a picture of uh, the squonk just, you know, staring at its reflection in the water uh-huh. and crying. So um, hunters who've attempted to, ta- to catch the squonks uh, find that the creature is capable of evading capture by dissolving into a pool of tears and uh, bubbles when cornered. So it kind of dissolves into, like, a water, right? Amazing. Yeah. So... There's little stories about, you know, like hunters finding a squonk, bringing it home, and then opening the bag, and it just being full of water, whatever. Um, so, but the thing is, with a squonk, it doesn't seem to have any sort of fierceness, or it doesn't seem to be a murderous creature, or, you know, for, for, for much scope for horror. But I always mm-hmm. thought it was just quite a sad story. So originally, when I was remembering the squonk, I thought, well... 
if it uh, it lines itself up well for like a Mike Lee or Ken Loach kind of British somber sort of <laughs> realistic <laughs> uh, low budget little you know sad movie about a squonk. So sort of in like a, the vein of like the Elephant Man, treating him as like a tortured individual. Yeah, but more so, I was more sort of lo-fi. Maybe sad indie film, or right. maybe sort of. But then, as I as I researched it again, uh-huh. and then thinking about the Pennsylvania, and it is meant to be sort of. Um, so I, I don't know. There's different avenues you could go down. You could use the squonk in a shallow hell style comedy about <laughs> beauty, um, and maybe the squonk. There's a certain the squonk that you know doesn't know it's a squonk or. Maybe, I mean, I don't know, or it becomes beautiful, or, I mean, there's even scope for a Pixar sort of animated movie, where, you know, about a squonk. Um, <laughs> so, I just really want to see a squonk movie, because I don't think there's ever been a squonk film. Yeah, you know, yeah. There's, there was, you know, there's not much squonk stuff out there. <laughs> You're really all I about like the squonk. Raising I'm all about the squonk, squonk awareness. I, I, yeah, it's good. I am all about squonk awareness and um, it's a big, big issue for me. You know, um, you're just sick of squonk phobia. I am, I am. Uh, there's a Genesis song called uh, About the Squonk. Oh, really? And um, Phil Collins could do the soundtrack, you know. I mean, with this, there's a lot of scope here. Um, when I mentioned the um, squonk to my brother, he was like, and I was like, yeah, maybe in a sort of sad, realistic drama. And he was like, yeah, maybe played by John C. Riley. Um, you know what? I can, I can actually see. I think but, that might be insulting but, to John, but I can see him play a squonk. Yes, but for me, originally in my head, it yeah. was Eddie Marson. Who's who which, is? Um, I do know him. Who is it again? From World's End and uh, Tyrannosaur. Right. And, yes. Of um, course. Yeah. You know that yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was thinking him, but it but there could well be more than one squonk. So you've got a whole. I've got the whole a, family of squonks. Maybe you could have lots of good actors. Paul Giamatti would make a good squonk. He would make a great um, squonk. <laughs> I don't know. You know. You know. There's. 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 there's there's room for lots of squonks. You know, it's a shame Philip Seymour Hoffman isn't still around. He'd be a fantastic yep. squonk. He could be a squonk. Um, so I don't know how you how you think we should play it. Really, what avenue we should go down? The sort of wacky comedy, um, children's film, or sad independent film about a really depressed creature that turns into water? I think it should be a horror movie. But with like bits of comedy, so like. But what does the squonk do? Like how horror wise? What is it? Well, I suppose it's sort of like it's a bit like Frankenstein's monster in that it's treated like a monster, but it actually isn't. Mm. So similar to sort of Shape of Water. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I see it as similar to Tusk. Yes. Do you know what I mean? I mean, he's meant to have really. It's meant to have really saggy skin. Yeah. Warty, saggy skin. That's where my brain sort of went straight away to, to the yeah. movie Tusk, which is fantastic if you haven't yeah, seen it. Yeah, it is a great film. Um, one of Kevin Smith's later gonzo horror movies. Um, I, uh, yeah, um, they look like scrotums <laughs> <laughs> as well, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Lo- lots of comedy to be derived from scrotums. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I just like the idea of this sad animal... Like Eddie Marsden or, or John C. Riley or someone, you know, sitting in the water and they just like look at the reflection and then, or maybe like, 
Or you could do like an 80s comedy where someone finds one and then he takes it back, but for him it doesn't turn into water and they become friends. And maybe it's a buddy comedy yeah. about two two of them. Two squonks. Two squonks. Eddie and John. Yep. Look like a pair of testicles. The, the tagline is, this movie's got balls. Yes. The squonks. Meet the squonks. Meet the squonks. <laughs> It does it's sound going a bit trashier now than I thought. Like, it sounds a lot like the Coneheads yeah. or like Harry and the Hendersons. Yeah. It's taking a turn. <laughs> well, yeah, well, meet the Squonks. And like a, yeah, like a family of Squonks move next door. <laughs> and Eddie Murphy plays everyone. Yes, yes, yeah. And there's a grumpy neighbour and the daughter and she like falls in love with a kid Squonk. And <laughs> <laughs> but I'm quite interested in how this lends itself to horror. You know, like, obviously, how grotesque the squonks look. But then also, like, the weeping is kind of creepy. Um, and the idea that they dissolve into liquid, yes. I think, are all very cinematic horror things that I could see uh, in, like, a carpenter yes. usner in fact you can make it really sad and dark and like this really sort of like screaming weeping creature that turns around all warty and saggy and it's like yeah. and you know and it's just like yeah and um maybe like the babadook the squonk represents something in the human characters yes maybe it's more of a psychological threat rather than a realistic threat maybe that becomes apparent later yes. in the movie and i could think of a really cool scene where you think the squonks in the bathroom and then someone bursts in but then there's a bath full of water oh great yeah yeah and it's actually not a bath full of water it's a squonk and then the girl gets in the bath and she realizes that she's in a squonk <laughs> and i don't know what happens at that point but that happens in the horror movie Jack Frost. I don't know if you've ever seen it. What? I haven't. Although I did reference it in uh, what, the horror episode. movie, The horror movie or the oh, Michael Keaton one. I referenced the Michael Keaton yes, one. Yes, there's two different films, right? There is. I there's remember a, this. There's now. a horror film called Jack Frost and uh, Shannon Elizabeth from the American Pie movies. She's in a shower. Uh, she gets in a bath. Um, and, and there's like a carrot coming towards her, which is the nose. It's all a bit weird. Oh. And uh, and then suddenly, then he turns into a snowman and fights her in the shower, and it's all <laughs> very silly. Um, but yeah, so similar to that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, this, I, I like the idea of him, you know, open the door and then the, him not being there and then just the water. I like the idea of this being one of those long-standing... 80s horror franchises because you know how like with uh, Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th the tone sort of changes throughout them like some of them are genuinely pretty much straight up comedy movies yes and some of them are much more serious yeah some of them go straight for the violence some of them go straight for just teen popcorn movie yeah Chucky Freddy Jason they all sort of turned into parody of themselves for a while in comedy and then but you could do this with the squonks yes because it lends Good. itself to so many yes. different directions. So you could begin... Well, you're saying that the squonk begins with a sort of trashy horror. Yeah, just straight up slasher. Straight the up, squonks. sort of... No, the sing- it should be a singular... The squonk. The squonk. And then there's comedy offshoot called The Squonks. Yeah. And then there's um, kids' versions, there's cartoons. <laughs> there's well, like the, the Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Killer Tomatoes. When they had, like, 
Nickelodeon cartoons yeah. and stuff. Yeah. I could see a Squonks cartoon. Robocop had a cartoon. Exactly. Police Academy had a cartoon and there were blowjobs in those films. Um <laughs> So horror movie directors, so you could have, you could have had a Sam Raimi squonk, early Sam Raimi, or a, um, I and, don't know. And I think right about now we would be gearing up for the Blumhouse squonk Squ- reboot. Squonk reboot, yeah. Which is again called the Squonk, as, the it, squonk. as it returns yeah. to the original law, resetting the legacy of the Squonk. Maybe by M Night. <laughs> <laughs> um. What's the twist at the end? Was Bruce Willis a squonk all yeah, along? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the squonk was James McAvoy. Um, <laughs> the squonk is the beast yeah, from... Yeah, yeah. Um, or the squonk hat, yeah, from Glass. <laughs> We've gone down a squonk hole. No, I, I like this a lot. Do you think there would be a human counterpart to the squonk? Maybe a, a love interest or Yeah, there's got to be a enemy? girl. There's got to be a girl that's sort of drawn to the squonk. Maybe feels, she's a little bit different. She has a connection to it. Yeah, much like in like Toxic uh, Avenger. Yes. Um, when they had like a blind girlfriend and stuff. And, I love Toxic um, Avenger. I think it's great. Classic. Um, I saw Toxic Avenger the musical in Edinburgh. It was really good. I can see the squonk working in a lot of different franchises. I can see the toys, <laughs> the sad toy that cries. Yeah. Yeah, no, I can totally see this working. You've got to think about the merchandise possibilities with the Squonk franchise. Mm. Mm. Good band name as well, the Squonks. Sorry. Well, I could see Squonks having their own pogs. Yes, Um, Squonk pogs. What about those? What were they? Were they Boggleheads? What were they? Boglins. Boglins, yeah. Boglins. Boglins were great. And, And... they should have always got their own movie, and that's another pitch we should do. The, why was there never a Boglins movie? We definitely need to do a Boglins movie pitch, but then I think there's also room to do Boglins versus Squonks. Yes. Yes. I mean, this is an idea that just keeps on giving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just have always felt the Squonk has been an untapped source of, you know, of entertainment for movies. And they haven't really capitalised. Like, there's not much about squonks. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Um, I agree. Squonk power. 